Is it too early to say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. I don't know how, but December is here again. That was quick. Three weeks from today, we celebrate Christmas Day throughout the world. And Jack mentioned something about um, when he was talking about our people that serve. And today we're going to look in Hebrews. We're going to be in the um, we're going to be in the sixth chapter of Hebrews. But we're going to talk about some other things before that. And I want to show you. By the way, my name is Matt, and lead pastor here at Connection. And we are. Uh, I have searched for different terms to try to tell people who we are or what we are. We're just different. <laughs> Yeah, we're, not, we're just different, but here's the deal. It's a good different. At Connection, we do things that sometimes, uh, maybe in, in, in definitely in my traditional background, um, we, maybe, maybe we wouldn't have done. The reason that we do these things is not because, hey, we just want to be this different. The reason that we do this is to be relevant with our culture. And this year, three weeks from today, Christmas Day falls on Sunday. And Connection wants to be very, 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 very conscious of our family time. So we're not going to have church on Christmas morning. But, Christmas Eve. I know, I know. There's going to be people that, I have family coming in. Bring them! (laughs) Five o'clock on Christmas Eve, we're going to have a one hour service. We're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior. We're going to have uh, what we call face down. It's our communion. Uh, we're going to have face down that night. It's going to be a really cool, intimate night of, of worship. It's going to be just a, a time that we get to gather together as a, as a church family. And then we have plenty of time. After 6 o'clock, you can go be with your family. And on Sunday morning, you be with your family on Sunday. Okay? Be with your family. We need to understand... I'll just tell you this story. There's, some, there's a person here, and I won't, I won't call them out, but I've already talked to, to the people that they're related to. And I want to show you how important family time is. I, I talked to one of, the, one of the people in this family, and I said, How was your trip? You know what they said? Now, this is, this, is, this, is very, this is very right on. It's very spot on. I said, How was your trip? They said, Good, but we had a lot of family time. Now, think about that. Just watch. When's the last time that you had a lot of family time? See, it's, it, if, some of, if some of us all gathered together at the, at the kitchen table and we had a meal together, it would be very awkward. Oh, I don't know how to act. Everybody's here. We want to encourage you to spend time with your family. If you have family that comes in for the weekend, please, please invite them here. It's going to be a really, really neat service as we celebrate Christmas. Five to six will be done. Ages two and under, we will have childcare for two and under. Everybody else will just be in here. Okay, it'll be, it'll be, it's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it if you can make it at all. But I was coming into church a couple weeks ago, and it's really cool how God works. We're, this Sunday we're look. Tis the season to serve. Next week we're going to work. Uh, we're going to look at tis the season to give, and then after that it's tis the season to worship. See, a lot of the worship songs that we see on the radio today, that we hear on the radio today, are all about Easter. We should celebrate all of Jesus' life. So we're going to talk about worshiping six days before we have Christmas Eve so we can experience a time of worship together on that night. But a couple weeks ago, 
God really hammered home a point. He'd been working, he'd been, he'd been speaking to me about doing this. And it's one of those things, has God ever told you something and you're like, are you sure? Has God ever told you anything where you said, uh, how about no? Not me. God, I think you got the wrong email address. This is, this is not my number, wrong text. And then two weeks ago, God kind of hammered this home to me. There was a person that came into connection, and they walked in the door, and I asked them this simple question. You ready? This is a huge question. You ready? How are you doing? The people at connection, that's a loaded question. Because they'll tell you. Because we all understand that we're not perfect. But this person said this. This is, this is awesome. I'll be better when I get into the service. It's not me. It's not Jack or the band. And I thought to myself, why in the world? Well, maybe, maybe he told me that because I'm the pastor. I can't wait to hear a sermon today. It's going to make me feel better. Listen, some of the things that I preach don't make me feel better. The Bible goes against what we like, doesn't it? That can stay there. So I asked myself this question. He said, he said, I'll be better when I get into the service. And I, and I asked myself this question. I wonder what he means. We don't, have, we don't have heat and vibration in any of these seats. I'm wondering how he's going to feel better when he gets into church. I know some of you are like, well, is it in the budget? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Since then, I've really thought about this conversation. And it started off with me asking this dude, how are you, do- how are you doing? And he goes, I'll be better when I get into the service. I really thought about this. And then I asked myself these questions. What made this person want to get into church that morning so quickly? This is a huge deal. If I would just ask this on a normal time, and I would just skip right over this. But look, look at this. What made this person want to get into church so quickly? Now, to be honest, what had happened? He had obviously not had a good day or week or month or year. It's none of my business. None at all. Okay? But I thought, hmm. I did find it very refreshing that he wanted to get into service as quickly as he could. There wasn't a state patrolman following him to the parking lot. He wasn't running from the cops. But he, he said, I just want to experience worship. This is a huge deal. This is, this is coming around from how are you doing? This is coming into, this is where I plug in. This is where God speaks to me. <laughs> and it was very refreshing and, and honestly uplifting to understand that He uses connection to recharge His spiritual batteries for the week. And there are many of us that do that. But it's, it, sometimes we need a reminder. So then I ask myself another question. If, if this guy uses connection to recharge his spiritual batteries... And he, and he wants to be in service. What makes Connection such a place that people seek to be involved, they seek to attend, and they seek to be a part of? What makes us so attractive? To some people, they've, they've came to our church, literally. I've invited people, they've, came to, they've come to our church on purpose. Almost, it wasn't, it wasn't a bit, I said, but we have, we have popcorn in our church. And they go, no you don't. And I said, well come and see! <laughs> To some of us, the popcorn has turned into our Sunday morning breakfast. It's a lot healthier than donuts. A little salty, but it's alright. You had your own. 
See, and I know some of you would ask again, the same people that were talking about the heat and the, and the vibration of the chairs, if I said, what if we put in a butter machine out there? I, I think it's biblical to promote good health, so we're not going to do that. Okay? But what makes connection such a place to come? It's because of this. I, I, all of everything that I talked about came down to one thing, that we seek to create an environment at connection that's very welcoming. I don't care who you are. I often say there's not a person that could walk in that cannot associate with someone in here or their past. I don't, think, I don't think they exist. I don't think there's a person that come, could come in that couldn't relate with someone in here. And I think because people choose, choose to serve God over themselves, it becomes welcoming. A couple months ago in Connect Group, by the way, I'm going to reshoot that on the beginning of this year, starting in January, we're going to do something really cool. We're going to go through the Bible next year in chronological order. Oh, I have it chronologically. No, you don't. Okay, Unless your Bible says chronological Bible, you don't have it in chronological order. I know some of you are just sitting there going, was that purple commercial? This is not in chronological time frame, timeline order. We're going to study that. Why? Because it gives us a better understanding of why things happen where they did. You might learn something. I do. <laughs> a lot. Hmm. Connection doesn't, does not create this atmosphere of being welcome with our people because we say, Oh! We are the coolest church. We give everybody gold star pins when they come. We don't do that, okay? It's not about who we are, it's who we serve. I have been talked to by workers that serve in our church and more than one time, especially when we're at the primary center, but here too. I've, I've talked with people and I said, so, how did everything go? I said, man, this machine just falls into line. It's very, oh, oh, we know what we're doing when, we, when we're doing it. It's because we have leaders that seek to do that. But I don't know if you've noticed this. But over the last 12 months, something very, very, very weird is going on. Very weird. Very weird. Because it only happens one in every ten churches in North America. Guess what? There's more people here than when here in January. God has grown our church substantially in 12 months. 12 months. We've been added to more people. More people. So now what you're thinking is, wow, He set us up really good to say, how can we serve? Yes. But, I want you to watch what the Scriptures talk about. But if you have your handout, your yellow piece of paper. By the way, somebody served today and they gave you a yellow piece of paper. Anybody get, a, anybody get an ichthus? Ooh, how about this? You probably got one, but you, you, an ichthus is the name for the Jesus fish. It's really cool. Uh, a, a, a lesson that I learned about this fish is people would come up, it was very not okay in biblical times to talk about being a believer in a town that you weren't familiar with. Okay, because people were hunted that served Jesus. So what they would do is one person would walk into town, maybe they didn't know anybody, and they would get their finger or get a stick on the ground, they would write like the tail, and they would come up to the mouth, so you'd have this shape. And they just step away. And if I came up to one of you and you were another believer and I had drawn that in the, in the, in the dirt, the other person would draw the other half to make that ichthus and without saying a word we could understand that both of us were followers of Jesus. And it was much safer than talking about it. Because if somebody heard, they could 
you can get in trouble. But somebody gave you that. If you didn't get one, you can grab one on the way out. Somebody serving gave you this yellow piece of paper, and I want you to really, really, really look at this. Very, don't think of this as an elementary lesson. Look at this on the screen. Look at the first blank with me. You can fill it in. What is the big deal about serving? Really? Matt, seriously, don't waste my time on another Sunday morning talking about serving. I have to. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Why? Because Jesus made such a big deal out of it, didn't He? He talked to the disciples, didn't He? He said, you're going to be kings and rulers of the world. Said Jesus never. (laughs) He said, if you want to lead, you have to serve. We, I'm I'm just going to get really real with you, and I'm going to talk about Americans being spoiled, because we are. I know some of you, I don't have everything that I want. We've talked about the 75% and the 95%, right? If you drove in a vehicle here to church, you're in the top five of everybody in global. You're in the top five percentage points of most wealthy people on the planet. But we don't see that because we're comparing everything with the Joneses when we live in a materialistic country. And it's all about getting. It's definitely not about serving. I was in IGA the other day. And I guess it's my beard. It is. And uh, this, lady, this lady comes up to me and I had a connection shirt on. And by the way, everybody thinks that this is the only shirt that I have. I actually have five or six of them. I just rotate them. I do wash them. But I just want people to understand that whenever they come in, I don't care if you wear the same outfit every week for 18 years, you are fine here. See, this is a big deal. This is not more than just a shirt. But I was in IGA. This lady, this lady, I gave her my money and paid for something. She, you ever had this happen? She's like, I know she wants to say something. I don't know what she wants to say. She's looking at my shirt. She's like looking at her. She's like looking at my shirt. And so I kind of try to make it less awkward, and I turn to where she can read it. <laughs> and she goes, "You the, you're the like a priest of connection." I said, no. I said, I'm the pastor. I said, yeah, I'm the pastor. And she goes, hey, I want to tell you something. She said, well, the other day, last month, when we did a community loving, I, I took a group to, to IGA. And, and my, some of my group is here today that were, went with me. And this is really, really awesome. She goes, there were so many people that came up to me that saw you guys push all of those turkeys out of the store and then they went back and the whole cooler was empty of turkeys and they were mad. She goes, they were hot. And I said, and? She goes, but then they walked out the door and you gave it to them. And this girl, lady, young woman, she goes, that just blew me away. How would you do that? And I said, we just want to tell people how much God loves them. And she goes, people don't do that anymore. And I said, that's sad. I could have just said amen. I could have just said what she said, said amen, and give us out, get us out of here. But I'm not going to. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Why is serving such a big deal? What's the big deal? 
How about this? I asked myself a question before we get into 610. I asked myself a question on your handout. It says, what's the big deal about serving? I asked myself this question. I know what you're thinking. Does Matt sit at home and just ask himself questions all week? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, so, but I asked myself this question. Now listen to this. This makes a whole lot of sense. What is it, what's the big deal about serving? Why is it necessary? Why is it important? I could answer that. Sure, because Jesus told us to, to share about God's love. Okay. Then I asked myself a very rough and tough question to ask. You ready for this? What's the big deal about serving? But I asked myself this question. What does it mean to not serve and to claim to be a follower of Christ? It goes against, it contradicts the entire New Testament. And Old Testament, by the way. It goes back to Moses and Abraham. It goes, it goes against what God has designed for us to do. Why and what is the big deal? Followers of Jesus serve in capacities that do not get their names in lights, where that's how, what's, what a lot of people have a problem with. Oh, I don't have a plaque with my name on it. We search for that, don't we? I have, a, I have a, one of my best friends is a state cop, and he said, he said there was a lady the other day that thanked me for helping her with something on the road, and and he goes, he goes, ma'am, you don't have to thank me for doing my job. That's my job. She goes, thank you for for serving us. He said, he goes, it really blows my mind. He goes, I gave a guy a ticket a couple weeks ago. And he said, you have me dead to rights. I'm guilty. If I get a ticket, okay. He goes, I had to write him a ticket. He was speeding. He said, I gave him him the ticket. And he says, thank you for doing your job. (laughs) By the way, he he added, this guy is not in the entitled generation. He understood understood a job and doing it well. But this, this whole serving thing... I'm just going to give you a promise. It's not convenient all the time to serve. I'm going to tell you something else. It costs you. Oh, financially. Possibly. Financially. Here's a big one for Americans. It costs your time. And it causes you... There was, there was On a thankful tree, it's suddenly poof. It's changed. If you came in today and turned right, go thankful. No, Christmas. Poof and poof. Doesn't this look cool? It does. I like it. I walked in and I go, ooh, snazzy. <laughs> I like it. There's people that give up their, their time, their efforts, their gas, their fuel. Why? Just to serve. Just to serve. We create an atmosphere at Connection where God can be worshipped in a very relevant, fresh way. People feel comfortable. I walked in. I walked in at the opening video, and they had the they had the lights dim, and there were a whole bunch of people eating popcorn. I literally thought I was walking into a movie theater. Smelled good. It was clean. Look at six. Look at six ten in Hebrews. Look at look at this, the tenth verse. I'm going to read ten, eleven, and twelve for you, uh, real quick. Just follow along in your phone or in your Bible. It says, "For God is not unjust; He will not forget how hard you have worked for Him and how you have shown your love to Him by caring for other believers as you still do." 
Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and their endurance. And the author... Now, some, some of you go, well, you just picked up a verse 10. What, the, what does it say before that? We're going we to jump this out of context? No. This is what they're doing. The author of Hebrews... If you... <laughs> I wrote a very, very long paper about the author of Hebrews and it comes out to the very final answer that, hey, you ready? We have no idea. <laughs> Not for sure, <laughs> okay? We have, we have, hmm. Hmm. Pay no attention to Matthew twenty two twenty five. It's Hebrews 6, 10, and 12. 10 through 12. What we're doing, what the, what, the, what the author of Hebrews is insisting here in chapter six is the followers of Jesus are called to grow spiritually. Okay, we're called to we're called to grow. Okay, we're not cra- we're not called to sit still. We're called to grow. If I if I gave everybody a piece of paper in here that, that said I'm a follower of Jesus, I give you a piece of paper. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna write this: write yes or write no. Living a life that honors Jesus Christ is a cakewalk. Every single person I give a piece of paper to, if they're very honest, is going to go, absolutely no. It's not easy, is it? It's not easy. So how do we get to, in this mindset, like this gentleman was a couple weeks ago, and he said, I just need to get into church. I just need to be around these people that are messed up like me, he said. If you're new to connection, you're sitting beside people that are messed up. We don't have, we don't have perfect people. You know why? They don't exist. They don't. Even if they exist in your mind, they don't really exist. There's no one perfect. Now he talks about this faith and endurance thing. We don't like it. You know why? Because he's talking about patience. Ugh. I don't think about that. I don't. I don't like patience. You like patience? We're gonna give you that same slip of paper. I'm gonna get all the papers back. Guess what? Same answer. No. You want to wait on something? No. My wife's birthday's today. She got a birthday present Wednesday. You know why? Because I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, you have two daughters that really can't wait. All three of you added together, you can't wait. <laughs> so we gave her a present on Wednesday. You know when it got delivered to my house? Wednesday. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to hide it. No, I'm not. I have to give it away. I'm just going to start, I'm going to send it to your house, then you bring it over on that day that I want to give it away, maybe. I can't wait. I can't wait. But that's a funny thing. But when you try to wait on God and have that spiritual patience, you want to talk about getting hammered by Satan. God, I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to stand right here and all the time you're just getting darts and words and fire and stuff getting thrown on you and saying, you're not worth waiting, Matt. You're not doing this right. That is when this faith and endurance come in. How do we grow spiritually? Growing often includes times of waiting and being patient, doesn't it? See, if I ask you this, did you learn from a good experience in your life? Yeah, I learned what makes me happy. I'm a stereotype, okay? When you messed up and you were corrected correctly, did you learn a lesson? That maybe you did again, maybe you didn't. See, getting corrected is not a negative thing, it'd be a positive thing. But this worship of waiting and being patient, has anybody seen Fireproof? 
When he goes through the 40-day challenge, you know, this is very, it's very, very hard with me. I have two friends in college, married godly Christian women, and things did not go well in their marriage. Both of their wives stepped out on them. And both of my friends, listen, they're walking down a road that is dark and is ugly and it's nasty. You know what they did? They called me and said, Matt, I want you to pray for me. I will, man. You're going through this hard time. He goes, no. No, I'm going to do this 40-day challenge from Fireproof. And if you just look it up. And I'm going, to, I'm going to love my wife intentionally, on purpose, as good as I can, because I want God to move in a way to make our marriage back. You want to talk about doing something difficult. You want to talk about praying something very difficult for your friend. Say, God, this guy's, this guy's literally, these guys are walking, walking through fire. And then God reminds me. He goes, ha oh. He goes, my kids are fireproof. He said, if they have the patience to endure, I can do all things in their life. You've probably been brought back from spiritual death in your life. Praise God. You say, I wasn't the same person that I was five years ago. Good. Good. We must have faith that God is working and answering prayers in His time. Now, now we, we... We have, a good, we have a good understanding of why serving is necessary. Look at the second blank on your worship handout. Look at this. Anybody have children? Just read this screen. Understanding what we should do and doing it are two different things, right? Matt, do you realize that you were supposed to take out the trash? Yeah. Did you do it? No. Until I got corrected. Remember, you, you correct a, a kid that was 10 years old in 1990, and, and we had a Nintendo for a year because we had to wait five years for the price to go down. Okay, We had one. You know how my mom and dad got my attention? They pushed the power button. You want to see a kid absolutely lose his mind? Push the power button when you're on 8-4 in Mario Brothers and you've never beat it before. There's like six, of our, six people in here that know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Understanding what we should do and doing it are two different things. Some of us fight this battle with God all the time. And it's not a negative battle. It's something that you can learn from. And when you serve God, He often answers you. Look, serving is an action. (laughs) Understanding what we should do. Well, I should apply my brakes to this person that pulled out me on Route 15 for insurance purposes, but I really don't want to. And then we think we go. We would like to. We would like to. Um, we we should. In our mind, we're, we're making this right. Justification. I should talk about this person's driving skills on social media. I should. No, you should not. But see, we understand that we should. This is where it gets tough. This is where I'm going to lose some of you. It, you should forgive people. Uh, hmm. Some of you in your head, are, you're barking at me right now. You go, I don't like this. You're growling at me. Jesus says, I want you to. You understand exactly what you're supposed to do, yet doing it is another ball game, isn't it? And serving. Serving is an action. Serving is doing. Look at verse 10 with me. Look at verse 10. It says, For God is not unjust 
Period. Do you know why? Do you know why He's not unjust? He can't be. God is perfect, right? He's, he's fully correct. He is just. He's the only that's just. He goes on, he says, He will not forget how hard you have worked for Him and how you've shown your love by caring for other believers as you still do. Now this is what people do. This, these people, there's people that go, ooh, they read, they read later in the New Testament, ooh, God rewards things in heaven for the things that you do here. Well, let me just get my serve on. <laughs> I can't wait to see my house. Listen, this is completely not okay. This is not the context in which Jesus says to serve. If you help somebody financially in the New Testament, you know what the Bible says? Give it anonymously. Well, we don't like that. You know why we don't like that? Your name's not on a billboard or in lights. Listen, this is, this is why everyone on the planet Earth knows the name Kardashian. Who cares? You know what I do? Pray that they understand who Jesus Christ is and they become followers of Him. It's not a, they don't have everything in the world. You and I, if you're a follower of Christ, and, and I'm assuming that they're not, I've never seen anything about their faith. If you don't have Jesus, but you have everything of this world, you have nothing. You have nothing. If you have Jesus and you don't have anything in this world, you have everything that you need. See, this is, some people don't like that. They say, well, that's completely backwards. I want Jesus and everything. Jesus never promises that. In fact, Paul, Paul goes from a social status up here to here. When he writes Philippians from jail, he says, listen, the whole, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that whole chapter is about being content. It's not, I can do all things. Sweet, I can bench press a semi. No! It's about being content. You know why? You know why Paul was so content? He served God in a manner that he just had this relationship, excuse me, this relationship with Him that was just unreal. It was a constant communication. But he said, God is not unjust. So we're not, we're not doing these things to get cool stuff in heaven. Okay. Oh. I can't wait to see my front door. I cleaned the toilets at Connection for four years. They're going to be awesome. I can't wait to see my front door. I can't wait to see my roof. Because I, I did this or I did this. Listen, we should do it not because of the stuff. We should do it with the whole mindset of I'm doing this to show other people how big God is and where I used to be and where I am now. And He has changed me. We should give. We should... What should drive you is the fact that God can receive the glory and not us. See, this is different. This is different. You watch a professional sport. Listen, I play college baseball. If somebody does this, I know what happens the next time they come up to bat. Okay. Somebody, somebody, hits, somebody hits a home run and they do this bat flip stuff. I see I was a catcher in college. And we had a guy and he'd park one. And he'd do this and he'd watch it. I can guarantee you the next time he comes up, I, can, I know where the first pitch is going. In his ribs. <laughs> you think, oh no. Watch Major League Baseball. Hey, you know, you know what? Just put your head down. Act like you did it before. Okay? But we don't like that. We like to just, ha 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 ha, look at me. I'm it. 
I'm in. Now, if I could dunk a basketball, I would hang on the rim all the time. You watch NBA? Woo! And they hang on, they do chin-ups like this. Oh, what? <laughs> Here's the deal. It's not about you. And it's not about me. Yes, they accomplish great things in sports. They can, they can probably dunk on a 12-foot goal. Okay, those guys are amazing athletes. They're genetically crazy. Okay? I don't know many people that are 7 foot 2, 365 pounds. I don't. You've been given a gift, and then you see somebody that has good, that has, that has great God given ability. He's not Jesus, but he used this platform to spread the name of Jesus. And you watch the NBA, and all of a sudden you see Steph Curry. And you see guys like Matt Holliday on YouTube videos that he doesn't have a jersey on. And he's in a hospital and he's serving other people. See, look at this. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. How about this? Look at verse 11. He gives us some, some instruction here. Look at verse 11. Look at this. Our great desire... Now, our. You can look at, ver, you can look at chapter 6 and just say, well, our. Well, okay. This is not coming from one person. They, they think that there's multiple people involved with the authorship of Hebrews. I'm not going to get into it. It will bore a lot of you. Okay? But they think that more than one person wrote it. That's why there's not a single author. Our great desire... This, these are the spiritual leaders talking to these people. Okay? They're giving them... It. They're probably older people helping younger people. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. In order to make certain that what you do or what you hope for will come true. Do you know any people like this? If you know somebody like this, they probably are not on earth anymore. Do you know anybody that is currently living, probably an older person, currently living or has lived and they've passed on, that they did this? They love people and they love people and they did things for people and they showed people how good God is by doing the things that they did? Do you know someone like this? If you know somebody like this, you, could, you should consider yourself phenomenally blessed. I knew a person like this. And she passed away this week. I did. Mrs. Talbert from Wayne City. She passed away. 52 years old with cancer. You know what she did? This is crazy. You ready? She can't get in trouble. She's in heaven now. You ready? She prayed for her students. Every one of them. The kids that were hard to get along with, she prayed for even more. She led a godly life in front of employees that may or may not have followed Jesus. She gave everything that she had to show people whose she was. Now, I didn't say who she was. Did you hear that? Whose she was. Not who she is, not who she was. Whose she was. And I prayed, the last time that I got to talk to Ms. Talbert, I got to go into her room and I said, I said, I want to pray with you. And I said, but it's 3 o'clock and the bell hasn't rung. I said rung because she's an English teacher and I had to talk correctly in front of her. I said, the bell has not rung! 
And she goes, I don't care if the bell has rung or not. You can pray with me anytime. And at the time, she had been diagnosed with breast cancer, and I began to pray. I said, LaDonna, I believe that until your last breath on this earth, God can heal you and bring you completely and restore your entire life. I believe, I believe, I believe. And she looks at me, like she probably did many people, and she said this, If before my last breath on this earth, God chooses to heal me, He will forever get the glory for doing so. The doctors in the hospitals have given up. I will give God glory the rest of my life. And she says this, I said, I said, yeah, but there's an alternative. I knew she was a follower of Jesus, okay? This is a big deal. She, she spent her life serving, teaching children, youth, young people that are now very successful. And she says this, I'm 52 years old, I've got two kids that are younger than me. Great husband, nice house. And she said, but if God lets me take my final breath here, the next breath that I, that I breathe, I'm going to be really all kinds of healed. Because I'll be in the presence of God. No more pain, no more cancer, no more stuff. She said, but until that time comes, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to serve. Her whole life. I wonder what you're doing. We're not here that long, aren't we? I could ask some of you that are maybe 65, 70, 75 or older than that. I'd say, how quick was your time on earth? And you'd say, Solomon was exactly right in Ecclesiastes. He says, our life is a vapor. How do I have an 8-year-old and a kindergartner? I have no idea. How is it December? Just think about this year. How is it December again? I don't know. A great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. Notice they don't give them very many rules, but they use the word love. Who else did that? That's Jesus. In order to make certain that you hope, what you hope for will come true. This is the hope and eternal life of heaven. Look at your next blank on your worship handout. Look at this. Our lives do not last that long. Now, I'm not in here to be gloom and doom, okay? Listen, you're not here very long. I'm not here very long. While we are here, our job is to love other people by serving. Isn't it? In 1 Corinthians, the greatest of these is... Love. While we're here, our job is to love other people by serving. Wow. Why do you get so passionate, Matt, about this serving stuff? I thought about that question. I asked myself that question this week too. You know what I I came up with? I have physically seen in my children the impact of people serving, giving of themselves to teach them about God. As I prayed with them last night, I heard this. Thank you for Jesus coming to this earth to pay for our sin. I'm forever thankful for the people that serve for my kids. If you have kids, you have students in our youth group or our high school or junior high group, listen, we're, we're to love the unlovable. Oh, we loved... Have you ever woken, woken up? Got up in the morning and said, Oh, God, I wish you'd send everybody that's really hard for me to love in this life. Just bring them my way that day. You ever done that? No, you haven't. Not seriously. Listen, this is really hard, isn't it? It's easy to love the people that love you. It's hard to love and serve the people that are maybe not that way towards you. 
Look at verse 12. Why do we serve? Why are these, are these writers of Hebrew, why are they saying that? Why are we supposed to serve? Look at verse 12. Here's your answer. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Who? You know what dull and indifferent probably means in 2016? Stuck in a rut. Dull and indifferent. When you're dull and indifferent, this is what it means. Think about, think about the word dull. You Ladies that are married or ladies that aren't married that have a really pretty ring. Go outside and just stick it in the mud. And then say, oh, look at that. <laughs> no one does that. Intentionally. When you talk about precious diamonds, the last word in it... When I picked out my wife's engagement ring, I walked into Zales and I said, give me the dullest one you got. <laughs> no, I didn't. She would hurt me. <laughs> I said, listen, I want one that looks good. Because I want to make her happy. And that's not the big deal. But I want to give her something that she would enjoy for the rest of our life. And not one time during my whole entire conversation talking about diamonds was the word dull used. Not one time. So this is what Paul, this is not Paul, the writers of Hebrews say this. Don't be dull. This <laughs> is well, I know somebody's dull. My wife's dull. No, no. No. Don't be spiritually dull and indifferent. Listen, we are set apart. In the New Testament, the Bible says that we're peculiar. We're set apart. We're not the same as this world. We're not the same. Don't look like everything else. Look like that diamond that's not in the mud. See, And you don't think about yourself that way. It's very hard for to take a personal look and say, well, I'm shiny today. <laughs> it's very hard, isn't it? Listen, some of the, well, this is too much humor for a sermon. You have to understand this context. Serving is vital. Don't be dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Hmm. Wow. Look at the next blank. Look at the final blank. How are you serving? Personal question. Don't say anything out loud. Don't elbow your neighbor or your mate. Listen, how are you serving? We have more people here than we did last December. In 2016, we went to a serve one, sit one. We have a 9 and an 11 o'clock service. Is there a possibility, of you, if you're not plugged in, of you saying, you know what? One time a month. I can, sit, I can sit in the 9 o'clock and I'll serve in the 11 o'clock. Or I'll serve in the 9 and I'll sit in the 11 o'clock. If you can do that, just come up to me. If you're serving right now, and I know that some of you have your hands completely full, thank you. Thank you for serving. You're, you're impacting the lives of me. But if you chose connection to be your home, or you want to say, you know what, I want to get more involved. I want to really see the, I want to see the TikTok of this place. You go hang out with our 4-year-olds. And maybe you say, well... I'm a grandma or I'm a grandpa, but my kids live far away. Listen, I can hook you up. You like to hold babies? Some of you are like, no. Okay? (laughs) That's not where I'll put you. Okay? (laughs) Are you serving? Can you? Will you? Listen, God is doing things in connection, has done in 2016, will continue to do as long as He sees our people willing to say, I'll do it. 
I'm not coming at you like, oh, Matt, put it on us today. He's spreading it really thick. No, listen. Maybe God's been talking to you. If you're serving in the capacity, good. Thank you. We appreciate it. If there's something else, or you say, you know what? We really haven't plugged in. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe what's available. You come talk to me. I'll tell you what's available. And if you say, I don't like babies, I'm not going to put you with the babies. We have lots of things and opportunities. This month is going to be great. We talk. Don't get scared away. I'm, giving also doesn't mean just financially next week, okay? Oh, great. He's talking about tithing. We're not coming. No, come next week, okay? Tis the season to give. I will give you some really, really cool things that I've learned about giving in my life. And it's not just money. Tis a season to worship. Tis a season to celebrate the birth of our Savior. I've said this before. Maybe you've heard this before. We concentrate, obviously, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's in the formula for our salvation that Jesus was raised from the dead during, for the resurrection. Okay, I get that Easter, but without Christmas, there can't be Easter. When you, when you look at Easter or at, at Christmas and you look at the really in-depth picture, Jesus came at severe humility into this earth. Plain. A king came plain. This month, I celebrate that birth. I'm so thankful to see you guys this morning. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this great day. Thank you for the the people that serve in our church. God, give us the give us the heart to serve, even when it's not convenient. Maybe it's not fun. Maybe it's not somebody that loves us back. Help us serve. Help us to be not dull. Help us to be set apart to where people look at us, they see what we do, they see what we say, and they say, you know what? That person's a follower of Jesus. Help us be that way, God. We thank You for Jesus. We thank You for salvation and the hope we have in heaven. In Your name we pray. Amen.